Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast, where we talk about all things Star Wars. My name is James. I'm actually not going to be doing the episode today. I'm going to just be, you know, introducing the episode. And also, we hope you're all being safe. Hopefully, you and all your loved ones are, are you know, practicing, you know, social distancing and sanitizing, you know, the, the usual stuff during this crazy time. And we hope you are all being safe. And also, if you haven't listened to this past week's episode, you know, Brooke and Nicole's uh, gals of the galaxy please go listen to it it was really really great episode it's there on spotify apple Podcasts, everywhere it's everywhere so this segment right now is actually part of david's segment that he does on our patreon called random blaster and he named it which is awesome and it makes sense because it's star wars but anyways so the random blaster segment is david's thoughts and his opinions on on the news and the events that are happening currently with star wars and unfortunately a lot of that stuff that he you know, wants to say just during the, during the podcast kind of just gets, it gets pushed away because it's not because we don't want to hear it. It's just because there's so much to talk about and we forget things and we, we lose track of what we were, what we're trying to talk about. And so he kind of comes in and cleans all that up for us. And so that's his segment, the random blaster. So today David gives his thoughts on the events that led up to the amazing 2015 release of star Wars episode seven, the force awakens and kind of the mood of what was you know, what was going through everyone's mind during that year. And also he gives the climate was during that time, because before, you know, this movie came out, you know, the podcast Star Wars scene was like kind of unheard of. And so he kind of goes into that era, which I, I had no idea about. So it's really cool to, to, to hear. And so this segment right now is only like the first part of the episode. It's actually not even the first part it's like just maybe just a couple of minutes because he actually goes into an entire commentary of the force awakens and that segment will be available on our patreon we'll have the link down there below and on patreon is also the other uh, sequel trilogy commentaries that myself and my buddy rudy did and so this this was just kind of david's journey to the force awakens and his thoughts of when the movie was going and so it's really great it's 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 a it's a fun episode i highly recommend y'all signing up for our patreon to hear that commentary as well as the other commentaries we've done and also we have a ton of us other cool episodes there on patreon uh put the links there down below so without further ado here is david's segment random blaster and yes he does get a really really cool theme song intro Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. I am your solo host, David, and hopefully for the next few hours here, I will uh, try and entertain you as much as possible. I know the world is in a weird situation right now. Most of us are at home quarantining. Uh, A lot of us are essential workers. I have the luxury of working from home from a day job, and at night, I'm still delivering pizza, and I'm considered an essential worker. And uh, business has been really good. I'm making a lot of great tips, and I'm working more at the store. So I'm really good at that front, and I'm happy to report everyone in the Star Wars Stuff podcast, family, hosts, family, um, close family. None of us have contracted COVID-19, so 
I just wanted to talk to you, kind of a retrospective, kind of look back on these past five years. I know James and Rudy did a The Force Awakens commentary, and I was kind of bummed. I was kind of bummed that they did it without me. And, uh, of course, I mean, I would have done it if I could have, but I was working. I have the two jobs, so the, the, he wanted to get it out. And uh, I wanted to get uh, get the episode out on Patreon as well. And uh, But I really wanted to talk about The Force Awakens, and this is the movie that kind of kicked off and reignited my fandom for Star Wars because up until 2012, I was just in South Texas dreaming about the next episode, episode seven, and coming up with story ideas and characters and different types of lightsabers, different types of color lightsabers, and telling my friends about the stories I've come up with. I don't think I ever told James exactly that I came up with an episode, but I do have a script written, and that was way back when, when I kind of wanted to be um, involved in film and make film. And I've tried to make films in the past, and they're fiendishly difficult to make due to money, uh, people's schedules, just getting everyone together, getting the village together to make a film is super difficult. And once I found podcasting, I kind of put the whole film dream aside I don't think it's really a dream anymore for me. Um, podcasting has really kind of taken over uh, my thoughts. And I think we've been pretty successful so far. Um, it's such a crazy thing to think that when The Force Awakens came out, this podcast did not exist. I was just dreaming of what this movie was going to be. And I was transported back to... 1998, 1999, when The Phantom Menace came out, I was I was in high school, and that's what kind of started me on this whole trajectory of doing research and finding out what's going on behind the scenes. I know the script leaked for The Phantom Menace. I never read it before I saw the film, but I know it was out there, and I've talked about it many times before on the podcast, how... I lived very close to my high school, and what I would do was I would wake up, brush my teeth, get dressed, not even eat breakfast, drive straight to the high school, jump on the computer on our T1 line back in the day in the late 90s, and go to all the websites that I thought were giving out great information. Of course, I'd go to StarWars.com, and I was a member of Hyperspace. I think I paid $9 a month, and... The cool thing that I, I wish they would have done for these movies was release one picture every Tuesday from the new films. I didn't do it, but I'm I'm big time on tradition. I really wish they kind of just repeated kind of the same stuff they did. But I would go in school early in the computer lab, or oddly enough, we had our Algebra 2 class. It was strange. But I would jump on the computer go to websites and just try and find out as much as possible. And it was almost like a second nature type thing that I was doing. I wasn't thinking about what I was doing. I just really wanted to know what was going on. And at that point in time, I kind of rediscovered what Star Wars was. I grew up with Star Wars. I watched the films, but I never really focused on what the symbolism was, um, the 
Uh, I didn't really delve too deep into the religious aspect of it and make all those connections. But once I got older, I started seeing all those connections and I thought, wow, there's actually a lot of depth to Star Wars. And it was just beyond the cool lightsabers and the blasters and the armor and the cool villain Darth Vader. Uh, there was there's a whole lot of depth and that just reignited my love for it. And I've talked about it on the podcast before that I wasn't quite sure how big Star Wars really was until the subject came up one day and I'll never forget it. Uh, one of my classmates um, in one of my math classes, I asked him just kind of out of the blue, Star Trek or Star Wars? And he just turned to me and said, oh, Star Wars by a long ways. And I was like, wow, really? And I knew it was big. I just didn't know how big it was because, of course, the Internet was in its infancy. And they hadn't made anymore. That's the thing I couldn't understand. Why did they stop in 1983 with the films? And, of course, we all know George Lucas has explained that he wanted to raise his children. He divorced Marsha who edited the original Star Wars, who did a phenomenal job editing. I think we owe her a huge debt of thanks. Marsha Lucas, look her up. I mean, she really, she she was one of the huge reasons why Star Wars was as great as it was the first film. Um, because the first cut was not that great. Allegedly. I haven't seen the cut, but that's, that's kind of where the story goes. But just... Knowing that these movies were coming back, back in 1997-98, I was doing all the research, getting hyped, and then slowly I found out that, yeah, it's a big deal. I live in a small town in Texas, so you don't hear a lot of people talk about Star Wars. And at that point, Star Wars had been super dormant. Uh, of course, there was the books, there was the Thrawn trilogy and the Timothy Zahn books, um, Tons of novels, tons of um, expanded universe stories. I didn't really get super involved in that. I knew of them. I knew of Prince Shizor and Thrawn and, of course, the Nintendo 64 game Shadows of the Empire, which was really cool. D Dash Randar is a really cool character and would make for a really great movie. It's like Lucasfilm, get on that. Uh, I mean, it's just kind of late in the game here to still be talking about that. I think they... And I've, I'm have i on Facebook talking about it all the time. It's like, why isn't Lucasfilm making all these stories into movies or TV shows? It's like, yeah, there's a fan base, and then there are cool stories, and people are to watch it. I mean, it's essentially The Mandalorian, but not with The Mandalorian, a scoundrel, and a really cool-looking ship called the Ebon Hawk that he flies around in that looks a lot like the Millennium Falcon. So... Finding out from the locals here, <laughs> my fellow citizens in my small Texas town, that, yeah, they love Star Wars too. Maybe not on the level that I was interested in, but it was a big deal. And once the Phantom Menace rolled out, it was, it took forever for that movie to get here. And I still remember buying those tickets and our old theater here, they handed out the tickets on construction paper. It was kind of weird. But they had the movie poster printed on construction paper. And 
I was wondering, what is this going to be like? And that day, I still remember that day in English class, how I had a buddy back then where we we used to watch a lot of movies together, and we were we both had tickets, and he was going to go with his girlfriend, I was going to go with mine, and we were just so hyped, and I remember nudging him and saying, hey man, can you believe it's here? And we're like, no. And of course, that whole day at school, I couldn't think of anything else but Star Wars, so I learned absolutely nothing that day and I got my dog in the background scratching around in his bed I'm actually in my living room by the way and he stopped okay so yeah he's trying to get comfortable for bed <laughs> so yeah I got nothing done that day that's usually kind of what happens when there's a big release that's all I can think of especially when it's an episode and Star Wars was back, episode one. Episode one was here. Finally, people were talking about it. I was going home every day after school and recording Entertainment Tonight on VHS and re-watching the trailer, watching the segments, anything related to Star Wars, I would just watch over and over again. And it kind of became an obsession and... We talk about it on the podcast all the time. It's like, this is what we do normally. This isn't like work for us. We're always reading about Star Wars, always watching videos, because that's the thing we're into. Um, so that time was a very special time for me. And I thought I would never see that again. I would talk to my friends, like I said, about the script that I wrote, the story, and the characters. And... The cool thing was my buddy, who's a filmmaker, told me, hey man, that's pretty good, you should maybe submit it to Lucasfilm or do something with it. And I always had the tiny ounce of hope that maybe someday I could work at Lucasfilm in some capacity and pass this to someone, maybe get it created as a novel or something. But, of course, we all know that fateful day in 2012 when... Disney purchased Lucasfilm, and I was in disbelief. I couldn't believe it. My buddy Dan is the one that sent me a, a message um, at work saying, Hey man, look at this. And at first I thought, no, nah, he's joking around with me. He knows how big a Star Wars fan I am. And of course, he's a big Star Wars fan too, but not as big as us on the podcast. And I was kind of halfway in shock and halfway like, yeah, this is... This is right. I mean, we should be getting Star Wars films. And, of course, they made the announcement that Disney is going to immediately start filming on the next episodes, make a new trilogy, and have anthology films, which I thought was great. It was like, we're going to get a Star Wars film every year until we die. And I thought that was going to be just the best thing. Looking forward to a Star Wars film Every single year. Like back in 1999. I never thought <laughs> that I would have that same type of feeling again. I never thought the world would be accepting of Star Wars again. Because back in that time, the prequels weren't as well received as and well regarded and beloved as they are now. It's a strange thing because back then the prequels, a lot of my friends did not like the prequels at all. I mean, at all. It was it was a troubling time. 
But now it's like there's a different generation that really does admire and kind of holds the prequels up on the pedestal that I hold the original trilogy up there. And it's it's a very interesting dynamic. But it is what it is. And I got that same feeling back in 2014 and 2015. And it's... It's an incredible thing. It's a it's, to me it's a priceless thing to have that feeling back and it was almost like being transported back in time. But these are going to be episodes with the original trilogy characters and I love the original trilogy and we were getting back Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill and it was just unbelievable. And when that the trailer came out for Black Friday 2014, I thought they were always going to release a Black Friday trailer. I was always looking forward to Black Friday thereafter, but they didn't do it. But that trailer introduced us to the main characters. It showed us Kylo Ren and that lightsaber, that infamous lightsaber that kind of... The infamy kind of went away after a while once we saw him use it. There's a lot of theories online of how this was not a lightsaber that was feasible, was usable. Even though, yeah, I mean, it's it's basically a sword with a cross guard. Um, but that trailer was incredible. I think we all loved it and we all assumed that we we're going to get more for each movie. But of course, I th I'm trying to think back. Did we... We found out that J.J. was doing the first film, and I think later on we found out that Ryan Johnson was going to do the second, and then Colin Trevorrow was going to do the third. But going to the theater that day, going to the theater to watch that trailer and to hear the Falcons' engines on those speakers in that theater gave me goosebumps and... I was like, we're back. We're we're this is this is the way. Even back then I was saying this is the way. <laughs> and it it was it was incredible. I mean, we had a whole new trilogy to look forward to. People were ta talking about it everywhere, talking about it online, and I was back in that whole same mindset. And then they release the names of Finn, Ray, and Poe Dameron on those old school vintage type tops trading cards. And automatically I started thinking, okay, her name's Ray. It's like, uh, that's uh, pretty close to Queen in Spanish. So I started kind of taking the names apart, trying to figure out what they meant. And, of course, you have Poe Dameron, and you had Kylo Ren. And I don't think until later I kind of thought about how he split his name, uh, the KY and Skywalker and the LO and Solo. But, yeah, they should have dawned on me right away, but it didn't. But the, but the word Ren, that was super interesting. And I did a lot of research there, and... I came to the conclusion that that was something like below it. It led me to birds, and when I looked at his helmet and his face mask, it it kind of looks um, foul like. 
And the word Ren, Ren is like a small bird. And I thought, okay, well, automatically he's not as powerful when he's trying to gain power to to move up a level. That's initially kind of what I thought and the research I did at that point in time. And then Finn, you know, that, I thought that was an interesting name. And at first I didn't really like the names, but I thought back and thought about Lando Calrissian and Chewbacca. I mean, th- those those are some weird names at the time. Of course, they're iconic now, but I'm pretty sure at the time people probably thought needed time for those names to grow on them. And of course, I think Ray, Finn, Poe, Dameron have grown on us, and I think everyone's fine with them. So, that whole year of 2015, that was just me locked in and super laser-focused on trying to find out as much information as I could on The Force Awakens and this new trilogy. And... I think that year was the first kind of official year that I I turned into what I am now. Just constantly doing research, reading up things online, and trying to figure out things before they happen. Um, I know there's a bunch of set photos leaked on TMZ, and I thought those were interesting. At first I thought they were fake, but it turns out, yeah, they were real. It showed... Um, that creature that's that's drinking water from that trough. The name escapes me right now. But that was pictured. That was a practical effect. And then that archway for um, that outpost on Jakku was there. That was that was a practical effect. And I was listening to all kinds of podcasts. Anything talking Star Wars. Back in 2012, when the announcement was made, I was listening to podcasts since maybe 2007, and I automatically started doing searches for Star Wars podcasts, because I actually hadn't been listening to any, and no one was really talking about this, and it blew my mind. I, I was kind of incensed. I said, why isn't anyone really talking about this? And it just kind of frustrated me, and... Maybe that's what kind of built up my thirst for Star Wars information. The fact that I couldn't find anyone, any fans like me just talking about Star Wars. I mean, this is this is Star Wars. It's like, why isn't anyone kind of super excited on this? I know the climate last decade is is way different from the climate in the late 90s where... You have the internet, and you have so many other things to occupy your attention. Video games has evolved. Um, so many different avenues of interest. Um, but it just didn't make sense to me. And I still remember that night. My, I think my oldest daughter slept with my wife that night. So I ended up sleeping in her room. And... I was looking for those podcasts and I couldn't find them. I found one where they talked about it for about five minutes and that was it. And I was astounded. I'm like, why isn't everyone talking about this acquisition of Star Wars? It's This is like the biggest entertainment. This is some of the biggest entertainment news of all time. And I didn't get why a lot of people weren't talking about it. But enough about that. I didn't think, actually, you know what? I didn't think about doing a Star Wars podcast 
because I didn't really know anyone as that was as big a fan as I that would do the same things, read the books, read. I'm not a big book reader, but I did read some of the stuff. Uh, I'm not like James and Joseph, read everything. But I did read up on stuff, find out about the stories, uh, the more finer points and the more important aspects of all the story arcs. But I just did not know anyone like me. I was... I was really into, and I still am, I'm into basketball, and with my friends I created a basketball podcast uh, for the San Antonio Spurs. I live 30 miles away from the arena, and they were pretty successful the past two decades. They won five championships, and we did a a podcast back then where I was really into that, and that was very short-lived. We only did about four or five episodes, and it was kind of like the whole film thing that I talked about, how... It's tough to get everyone together and do a thing and have everyone on board. And that's that's one of the cool things about our podcast. Everyone is on board. Everyone's a big fan. Everyone wants to contribute. Everyone wants to talk about Star Wars. And we've been doing it since 2018. It's 2020 now. And it's one of the most unbelievable things in my life right now that our podcast is what it is. And... We have so many people listening, and it's incredible. It's We've gotten emails from people all around the world, Australia, England, uh, the Czech Republic. Um, we see people that are listening in different countries, and me and James kind of joke about it that we've never been to these countries, but our voices have, and then... The thing that I really love to hear from people is when they say, oh yeah, I listen to your podcasts on my commute to work or when I'm jogging, when I'm exercising. And that's just like, that's the reason why I wanted to do this is because I do that too. I listen to people's podcasts. And of course, I listen to our podcasts when Colin, Colin and Brooke, Matt, they do their podcast, or if it's a James and Joseph podcast that I didn't attend, and it's awesome to hear them because they're. I've I've told them that I mean it, we sound <laughs> for not having backgrounds in journalism or broadcasting. We we do a pretty good job. I mean it's, and then our listenership kind of shows it, and it's uh, it's been a great ride and. We plan on continuing. Uh, we don't plan on stopping at any point in time. The one thing that I've learned, though, I've never had a favorite podcast where it's just continuously gone on until this point in time. All my favorite podcasts have stopped. And that's the one thing I want to avoid here. <laughs> I mean, I, I started off listening back in 2007 to podcasts, and they're gone now. They don't exist. Um, but Star Wars is going to be forever with the purchase of Disney, with the Disney acquisition. I think it's it's never going to stop, and I think that's that's great for the podcast and great for everyone that wants to listen. And everyone has an opinion here, and different experiences and we're all different ages I'm the oldest I'm 38 and I I was born two years before Return of the Jedi and that enabled me to grow up with them in my home on VHS and 
that experience of 2015, just kind of waiting with bated breath and just being super excited and just wondering what we were going to see. And I wanted to know. I wanted to know everything. I didn't close my eyes when I saw certain things online. I read every story I could. And of course, when you do that, some people are making stuff up. And that's unfortunate. Um, but I've been doing this for so long now, since 2015. And I've met certain people that I can kind of figure out what's accurate, what's not accurate, who's kind of, who has the best sources, who has bad sources, who should I trust, and to this day, it's I still have that singular source that I listen to that I wasn't quite sure of at the time, and I met some other interesting people online that they somehow attained information that I still, to this day, do not know how they got it, and they won't tell me. So, I don't know. I guess they knew someone, and that person knew someone. And we all know that these sets are closed. It's I still don't know how to this day. It's almost like Disney wanted to leak stuff, and they leaked it. And maybe they filled a community of, of people that wanted to <laughs> know information like this. And, of course, there, there is a community like that. I mean, I'm kind of part of it, and knowing things before they happened. Um, I didn't feel like it was going to be... A lot of people ask me, well, why do you want to be spoiled? And to me, no matter how much information you give me, what I see on screen is going to be totally different from the information you give me because it's something on screen. I always envision stuff, but everything I see on screen is, is still different from what I envision. I knew plot points. When the script was actually leaked, it was incredible. I I read it. I listened to other podcasters talk about it back in 2015. And I thought, yes, this is Star Wars. I really didn't necessarily make the connection that The Force Awakens kind of mirrored A New Hope. Because it was actually more different than what we got on the film. Um... I think it was around April or May time frame when I found out kind of beginning to end fine details of what the script was. And like I said, I thought it was awesome. And then Harrison Ford broke his ankle. The door came down on his ankle on the Millennium Falcon and that put the production on a two-month hiatus. And apparently, that gave J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan time to kind of look the script over and shake things up, kind of fix things they, that, that were maybe bugging them. And it feels like they totally changed about half the movie. And a very interesting thing, and we talked about it on the podcast before, was the fact that Ray wasn't called Ray this whole time. She was called Kira. And if you've seen Solo, there's a character called Kira, but her name was spelled uh, K I R A in the original The Force Awakens script. 
and it seemed like JJ had a whole different line of thinking to maybe what Ray's character ended up being. Um, and I remember I went to Celebration in 2015 in Anaheim, and someone said that they overheard Daisy Ridley ask J.J. Abrams before she hit the stage, before the Episode 7 panel at Celebration in 2015, are we going with Ray or Kira? So, yeah, at that point, her name was still up in the air. And that's so interesting to me. A lot of people don't talk about that. And I'm not quite sure if they haven't figured that out yet. Or that's just something that people chose not to talk about. But The Force Awakens was an entirely different film than what we originally, or what we ended up getting in the theater. And it seemed a whole lot more dynamic to me. And if you go online, you can probably read the script. Um, why they made the changes they did could have been for any reason under the sun. But that whole year for me was just Star Wars 24-7. And I didn't have the podcast at the time. I didn't know James at the time. I didn't know Joseph. I didn't know Colin, Matt, Brooke, Nicole. I was just a lone Star Wars fan in South Texas. And you see people when you drive around have Star Wars stickers on their vehicles. But it always felt like to me, when I try and talk to these people, they they weren't as hardcore and as detail-oriented as I was. And it was just kind of difficult to kind of converse with some of these people. And a lot of these people had their certain niche. They were super focused on the expanded universe or super focused on a certain book or were really into Mandalorian culture. And I don't know, I I just never found another fellow Star Wars fan that I could kind of talk to about certain things and then later on in life I found people that were way more into a Star Wars lifestyle like living Star Wars like spending thousands and thousands of dollars on suits and toys and it's just incredible the people that are actually out there that are into Star Wars and have basically Star Wars life and it's always kind of a shocking thing and it really kind of sets me back when I walk into some of these people's houses and it's like, wow, every room in here has is decked out with Star Wars. <laughs> and <laughs> it's an incredible thing. And I know we've all heard about George Lucas and how he was big into the toys. And yeah, uh, they made a lot of toys. A lot of toys are out there. And... I had a lot of them growing up. I, I They were all kind of hand-me-down toys. I never really bought brand new toys. And I think we're going to do a video here coming up on YouTube about our collections. And all of us, I think, have toys scattered everywhere. Uh, I have older toys in a plastic bag. And I've gone to flea markets here in South Texas. Um... They call them swap meets in California, but they're called flea markets here in, in South Texas. And they'll sell the original trilogy toys, like, loose. And they're for decent prices. You just gotta clean them up a little bit. But I bought some of those. I bought the Wampa. Um, that's one of my favorite characters. I never saw a Wampa figure in the store to buy. Toys R Us 
or Walmart or Target. I never saw that until recently. And I know there's an Empire Strikes Back kind of set with uh, Luke Skywalker and the Wampa um, that's out there that you can buy. But the original Wampa looks almost nothing like the, the creature in the Empire Strikes Back. But it's a classic Kenner toy. I bought one. And I have it. I think it's in a box right now. But, uh, yeah, look for that video. Um, I'm not quite sure when we're going to have have it up online. Um, but 2015, that was a very memorable year for me. And the goal was to to stay alive <laughs> and get to the theater and watch this movie. And the cool thing was they had marathon screenings and... My two buddies, who aren't as hardcore a fan, but they did do the other podcast with me, they wanted to do the marathon, and I was like, cool, um, let's do it. It starts at 4 a.m., and The Force Awakens screened at 7. Um, wasn't working the two jobs at the time. I was working the one, but still, um, my excitement was huge, and I had to wake up about 2.30 a.m. to make the drive to... San Antonio to get to the theater and get in my seat for the start of The Phantom Menace. Luckily, my buddy Sam rented, um, I guess he had points, and he got us a hotel room uh, just in case we wanted to go over there and sleep. And uh, that's what we did at the start of episode two. <laughs> we slept until we slept through Revenge of the Sith, and we got back to the theater during um, the midway point of A New Hope. And, uh, yeah, we were working a lot. We were tired. And uh, we got back to the theater, and they set up a makeshift, like, gift shop. And it was not smooth to make a purchase of the premiere of The Force Awakens episode 7 gear. It was uh, very clunky, clumsy, whatever adjective you want to use. And we were not happy because, of course... The movies were going on, and you want to go sit in the theater and watch those movies and do the marathon. Have as much of a marathon experience as you possibly could. So I bought a few things. I bought a hat. I bought the ticket that's encased in glass with Kylo Ren on it. I bought a hoodie. Of course, they didn't have my size, but I still bought one. Hoping that my wife could wear it or my daughter's. Um, so once 7 o'clock came... We were all excited, and the projector goes out. And we were all like, are you serious? So we waited all this time. I waited all this time since 2012 for this movie, knowing this movie was coming out, and then the projector breaks. And twenty about 20 minutes goes by, and we're all sitting there, and as if the projector was rewinding a VHS tape, you start seeing images from the film on the screen and people were just moaning and yelling and like, Oh, can't look away. And it was a madhouse. So I had bought another ticket for the IMAX screening right after this first showing at seven or six. And this was running into that showing. So it was kind of a double whammy for me but then after a while they got the projector up and running and we finally got to watch the film 
And like I said before, I had been following uh, everything online, all the pictures, all the leaked scripts, all the tidbits from sources, and realized that a lot of it did not translate and happen in the film. And two of the big things that happened was the fact that Kylo Ren was Han Solo and Princess Leia's son and that Han Solo died. I knew that in April and I kept my mouth shut about it. I didn't tell anyone about it, but I kind of knew about it. And that scene when it was about to happen, I don't think I've ever had an experience in a movie theater like that because it felt like I knew what was going to happen and I knew what was coming and my heart just started racing, started pounding because I knew this crowd was going to have an audible reaction. And I'm so heavily invested in Star Wars. I want Star Wars to do great. I didn't know how the fans were going to react. It's almost like I helped make the film or something. But I just want people to love Star Wars and have the best time, the best reactions. And my my heart was just like pounding, wanted to come out of my chest. And once it happened, there was not a lot of reaction, but I was just glad that that scene was over <laughs> and done with. And and I think everyone kind of knew what was coming. I mean, you see that long strip without any handrails, and then it goes out to the middle, and then the whole symbolism with the light becoming dark. And I think everyone saw it coming. But uh, it was... It was tremendous to see BB-8 on screen. The thing that kind of disappointed me was if you watch the celebration panel in 2015 when BB-8 rolls on stage, his voice was totally different. He had a more kind of R2, like baby type of sound voice coming from his from his body. And I wish they would have kept that. And I know Bill Hader and um, I forget the other guy's name. I think he was Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, I think he was his voice in this latest film. But Ben Schwartz, I think it was Ben Schwartz, um, they decided to go with a more electronic um, and non-traditional kind of RT unit sounding voice. But I loved it, but they got rid of that. The real big question, of course, was how was John Boyega, Adam Driver... Donald Gleason, Daisy Ridley, Oscar Isaac, how are they all going to work together? Were they going to have chemistry? We didn't know who exactly they were. I think everyone assumed that Adam Driver, before a certain point in time, was going to be the villain. Um, and I think a lot of people assumed that Finn was going to be a Jedi uh, because of that one trailer. Um, but it, it did feel like that Daisy Ridley, even though it kind of went against normal convention that you would have a newcomer, a brand new actress be the lead of Star Wars, um, just kind of flies and defies what you, what, what, the logic you would have for, for a huge franchise like this, but it felt right. And it felt like it was time to have a, a female protagonist. 
and to see what her journey was going to be and to see how the story unfolded and they knocked it out of the park with casting that's the one thing or that's I guess one of the huge bright spots for The Force Awakens and I was pleasantly surprised with Daisy Ridley I think she knocked it out of the park I think she'll forever be known as Rey unless she has another iconic role but it seems like she hasn't been cast in a whole lot of stuff and I knew John Boyega was really good from Attack the Block. I had seen that film. And yeah, he was the shining star. And of course, I knew that Adam Driver had gone to Juilliard as well as Oscar Isaac. I had seen him and stuff and knew that he could act. But the big question was Daisy Ridley for me. And like I said, she knocked it out of the park. Um, great job. Um, but there's stories, though, on her first days of filming they were kind of having second thoughts on it and uh, she eventually found her groove and uh, the rest is history. But I do know that there are several actresses that got close to becoming Rey. Um, if you know uh, Saoirse Ronan from The Lovely Bones and she's done a movie called Brooklyn and she's been in Little Women. She was, uh, she made one of the final cuts. Also, uh, Tatiana Mislani. I believe that's her name. I hope I'm saying it right. Um, she uh, does that one show on the BBC. Um, I'm trying to remember the name. I can't remember. I know it's a very kind of unique name. Anyways. Um, yeah, she's an incredible actress. And she almost got it. But they settled on Ray. And the interesting thing is, I I think we've all like heard the story of how... Daisy Ridley was chosen. She had this audition tape where she could cry and emote on the spot uh, where Kylo Ren does the kind of force intrusion on her mind and she just automatically sheds tears. And J.J. Abrams just really loved that and I think that's what got her the job. Um, I don't know if I would make that same decision based on that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that wasn't the deciding factor. If it was, I mean, I, I guess. But, I mean, for Daisy really to beat out those two other great actresses was pretty incredible. And it worked out. So I, I have no reservations on that. Um, but the chemistry between her and John Boyega was awesome. I think that's what kind of disappointed a lot of us when... They got split up in The Last Jedi, and then they were reunited in The Rise of Skywalker. Um, so casting was a huge advantage. And Donald Gleason, I mean, his, his dad is Brendan Gleason. He's, he's done a lot of stuff, too. He's been in Harry Potter, and, I mean, you think nepotism right away, but he's a really good actor, actually. And... That speech he gives on Starkiller Base in the snow to all those troops right before they fire the weapon was chilling and awesome. Um, and of course, Adam Driver, he's just a great actor. He's done so many things, worked with so many big directors. And he's probably one of those actors that's going to be here and be in so many different things. Um, and the pick of J.J. Abrams being the director I had followed the stories of 
this director was asked and that director was asked. They asked Brad Bird. They asked David Fincher. Um, they asked a series of young directors, young hot directors. But J.J. was one of the first directors to be asked, if not the first, because I think a lot of people don't know this story, but Kathleen Kennedy kind of discovered J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves. They won a contest to edit some of uh, Steven Spielberg's old homemade movies he made, and that's how kind of J.J. got into the business. Even though J.J.'s, I believe his grandfather, was in the business already. But J.J. Abrams always tells the story of how he was worried when he was in college because he had nothing lined up, but he did know someone who got him a job, and then he started writing on... He got a gig for Regarding Henry to write for Harrison Ford, and then he kind of slowly moved up the ladder there. And back in 2009, when I saw his Star Trek film, I thought, wow, leaving that film, I thought that this was like a Star Wars film with a Star Trek skin. And I thought to myself, this would be the perfect director for a, a Star Wars movie. And it, he, it came true. He was actually my number one pick to do this new Episode Seven film. And I I was just super elated, super happy. And I, I, I couldn't believe that. There's a lot of stuff I just could not believe. The film was happening, the new trilogy was happening, the old crew was coming back and it was it was just incredible i i really hope that we can go through this again somehow some way in the future maybe they all come back for episode 10 <laughs> um episode x that would be pretty rad but now it's like they're saying this is the end of the skywalker saga but They've we've heard that before, and if Kathleen Kennedy leaves, and a new president comes in, and there's a script or a story they like, they might restart it back up. I mean, it's I don't I don't put anything past Disney or Lucasfilm to end anything or not do certain things. Um, I think that possibility is still there, no matter what they say, no matter what anyone says about the Skywalker saga being over, I still think that there is a good chance that we still get an episode 10. So, hopefully, Daisy really comes back, or prizes Ray, and maybe Finn's a Jedi. I don't know. Maybe we'll get that. Maybe we'll get Force Ghost Ben. Ben Solo. And of course he had John Williams' music. John Williams coming back to complete another trilogy was just the icing on the cake. And George Lucas considers John Williams' music to be the secret sauce of Star Wars. And I totally agree. That music, the combination of that orchestral score and the images on screen, it's just perfect. Perfection. And race theme... He, I think he knocked that out of the park. So, everything that they put together to make this movie succeed, I think was done correctly. And they took gambles, and a lot of the gambles paid off. And we got the film, and we got the kickstart to Star Wars. And when we finally got the title, I think a lot of people were thinking the Force is awakening in a lot of new Force-sensitive people. That's that's what I kind of thought. 
And when you see Finn holding the lightsaber, it's like, okay, well, he's definitely a Force user. And then, of course, Rey's going to be a Force user. And then we're going to have this new kind of new renaissance of Force-capable beings. But, of course, we didn't get that. But, I mean, it's... Knowing what I knew in that leaked script, I mean, of course, I didn't know if it was entirely accurate. Um, but like I said, it seems like half the movie was changed once Harrison Ford broke his leg. And for whatever reason, it changed into what we got. And then, of course, BB-8's introduction, having the ball droid, was brilliant. That was one of the brilliant choices uh, to make for this new era of Star Wars and using and going with practical effects and announcing, hey, we're doing practical effects, I think really won a lot of fans over who weren't satisfied with the prequels, even though the prequels actually used a lot of practical effects. A lot of people don't know that, didn't realize that, but yeah, but there was also a lot of blue screen used. Um, I was talking to my buddy Carl, and he's a really big Star Wars fan, and he was talking about how The Phantom Menace in 4K on Disney Plus transfers over really well, but Revenge of the Sith doesn't because there's a lot of four, there's a lot of um, green screen, blue screen usage. Um, so it is what it is. But making that announcement of practical effects really won a lot of people over, especially at Celebration when that, that that announcement was made. There was a huge cheer in the crowd. And at Comic-Con, when they brought out uh, Baba Joe and showed how the creature was going to appear on the in the film, was was pretty interesting, pretty cool. And if I had the reins of Star Wars, yes, it would all be pretty much practical. But I do know with The Mandalorian, with the uh, stagecraft that they have, that they can shoot inside the volume and bring up spaces that are outside and make it look like they're shooting outside that's an incredible thing it it's seamless and i would probably implement that and hopefully um coming up in 2022 it seems like we're going to get a new film here and hopefully we get a little bit of that 1999 2015 vibe from it because it's gonna kind of kickstart everything else Again, as far as the films go, 2022, 2024, and 2026, I believe, are the dates that we have. I know that we were going to get an announcement of a director of the next film in January or February, but we didn't. It's April. Um, it's Easter. Um, so we're going to get the High Republic stuff. And hopefully celebration happens in August and we all have our tickets. We all are kind of waiting for an announcement. If there is an announcement that's going to come, uh, if there's a postponement, they're not just going to end it. It's going to be postponed, if anything. Um, just seeing how the world, if the world is different now um, or if this thing kind of goes away and everything's good to go hopefully it all works out and hopefully you listening at home or on the way to work or um, working from home uh, hopefully everyone here is safe and we're all thinking about you out there listening whatever country you're in it's a global thing so i guess uh without further ado uh, what i'm going to do here is uh 
And to hear the rest of the episode, like I said, please just head over to our Patreon and get get this full commentary. Thank you so much for listening today, and we'll be back Monday with another awesome topic. May the Force be with you, always.